I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Sponsored by Open Studio. That's right. So today we're going to talk about something that I didn't even totally know well, existed in the jazz world. Yeah, this it, was kind of a harebrained idea. I, I, I was trying to think of a nice list of seven yeah. um, of people that we might not hit upon a lot. I mean, looking at our list here, we actually do hit upon these musicians quite a bit. Um, but it was seven of our favorite jazz influencers. I almost named this seven of our favorite jazz, quote, artists. The right. idea was this is a list of musicians who maybe aren't, you know, a virtuoso on their instrument, Art Tatum or someone like that, um, but have influenced the genre of jazz with either their arrangements or their vision or their, their band leading, um, something like that, that really changed sort of the flow of the music, uh, maybe their cultural influence. Um, so, you know, I have some suggestions here. Maybe but their Instagram follower count. No, well, we're no, not going to. This, this is pre that, right? No, definitely we're not going to I'm a little confused because I'm, uh, I'm looking at the list for the first time, to yeah. be honest with you, because we like to keep things spontaneous that's here. Right, at that's the right, that's right, that's right. But you're saying that these aren't, for, I'm looking at a list of pretty much seven virtuosos. I know, I know. Well, that's the thing. Is, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a hybrid. Now, these are people who are, who are beyond the plane, beyond, beyond the, the bandstand. Beyond the bandstand. That's, like that's a great thing. They really push. Influencers beyond the bandstand. Yeah, I'm actually going to change one of these here. <laughs> oh, okay. I like it. Well, no, this is good. I think, I think I got it now. So these are our seven favorite jazz influencers. Yep. Beyond the bandstand. Beyond the bandstand. Okay, sounds good. You want me to kick it off? You kick it off. Okay, number one. Uh, Duke Ellington. <laughs> well, see, Who came so, up with this list? <laughs> no, but this is exactly what I'm talking about. So Duke, I mean, he was a really great pianist. There's yeah. no doubt about it. But he wasn't Art Tatum. Right. You know what I mean? He Got wasn't it. Oscar Peterson. But his vision for the music, I mean, jazz would not have become the sophisticated art form right. as fast. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. If it wasn't for Duke Ellington. Yeah, I mean, pianist, arranger, composer. Well, let's just real quick just talk about his influence. I mean, he was almost like you know, the the CEO of the Duke Ellington Orchestra in that he had brought in Billy Strayhorn. Right. You know, not as a competitor, but as a collaborator. Think of the vision for that. Oh, man. You know? and, and, and I mean, to be able to get his music out there, you know, and, and then all the great musicians in his band, his writings about music, his interviews, you know, his his eloquence speaking about the art form and, and, and then the whole ambassador side. So for sure, a number one influencer. I like it. Yeah, and that takes us to number two. This is a kind of a slouch named Thelonious Monk. Hello. You know, again, and actually, I, I do consider Monk a piano virtuoso because yeah. the oh. way he played is technically super hard. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and give it a shot exactly. to try to, to Im- imitate that, his groove and his, his sound, you yeah. know, to get that sound. It's yeah. a whole technique. A very personalized technique. I mean, he really created a piano technique, which is one of the most difficult things to do when there's so many great techniques already floating around out there exactly but then again his vision for you know composition for a style that has influenced so many generations after him probably three the the next three or four generations after him you know can't get around his style and and what he brought to that yeah and i mean I'm, i'm just seeing here too now you know just in terms of composition i think all these folks i mean what a what a great way to influence jazz, but with the compositions, you know? Yeah. And, and I think Monk, because he wrote things that kind of became instant jazz standards and then were either from his performances, but even often from other people performing them around midnight, um, Miles Davis, that recording, um, you know, all these, all these great um, 
you know, really situations where the compositions, you know, inform the, the, the influence. That's right. Yep. So we got for number three. Number three, we have Art Blakey. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So now Art Blakey, this one, I love this one, this choice, because now I think we can get into, although Blakey was not necessarily known for his compositions, but he was known for the makeup of the band, bringing in people, having them do arrangements, him doing arrangements too, and then having a constant um, steady stream of great bands led by him. Of course, he had the early career playing big band and then playing on all those great bebop recordings and as a sideman, but then once the Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers, now you're talking about an influence that can go beyond just him. But it was always based around kind of his sound yeah. and his vibe. His book. His book, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, it was like an institution. But yeah, it was like the first jazz university, really. I mean, he he really... Uh, talk about influencing generations. I mean, he influenced generations of master musicians that that were in his band and then flew flew away and did their own thing. You know, like yeah. the, like a baby bird leaving the nest. That's right, right. You know, so many great musicians. So I don't know if he did the whole thing with the mother bird feeding them. In, that's gross. Feeding into the mouth. And he did then, it musically. Musically, he did. He musically. Did. <laughs> he did. So number four, we have uh, the great Nina Simone. Yes. Uh, so this is a pianist and a, a vocalist who really transcends the genre of jazz. I mean, even though she was, I think, a phenomenal jazz musician, became somewhat of a a pop star in her own right and and really influenced the, the, you know, the the political side of jazz in a time uh, where a lot of things were going on and... It, you know, I think she spoke up more than a lot of. I mean, Duke Ellington did too. Louis Armstrong. Louis, yeah. But I mean, Nina Simone really was ahead of her time uh, in terms of political activism from a musician, especially from a female African American artist. You know, and really put herself on the world stage with, with, with her thoughts and her eloquence and speaking out. I would say, and really influenced the way. You know, I mean, with with the influence of gospel in her playing with classical in her playing you know this sort of melding of all these genres and then had pop hits yeah. on top of that it's pretty pretty incredible did you know a little factoid about nina simone she lived next door for several years for quite a few years with her family their husband and i think two children one child um in i guess it was westchester county next door to malcolm x and his family oh wow yeah i and think that was some of her political education and, and discourse came from the killing yeah so number five Number five, uh, Betty Carter. Nice. Uh, yeah. So Betty Carter, I, I think of as, you know, maybe in, in terms of her influence, part of it being along the same lines as Art Blakey in that she was a fantastic band leader. Um, um, and then, of course, the other part, a fantastic singer, musician, very influential in. So it's like kind of two streams. Like she influenced all these singers. They, and you talk to Cassandra Wilson, Diane Reeves. Um, they, you know, all of our generation of singers, her name always comes up really quickly along with like Sarah Vaughn and like, but almost in a more direct way, because I know for like Diane Reeves, you know, she had some interaction with Ella Fitzgerald. She actually subbed a gig for her when she was like a teenager in Denver when, when she couldn't sing and had a little bit of, you know, with, with Sarah Vaughn too, but like with Betty Carter, it was a little bit closer, uh, influence, you know, and passing of the baton, if you will. And Betty Carter was very you know, like all great influencers, was very individualistic. Yeah. You know, she had a very clear vision that was really her vision on how to sing, how to have a band, how to 
how to perform this music and really in a way that, that almost nobody else did. I mean, she's compared a lot with Art Blakey because she hired a lot, especially when she was older, hired a lot of really young musicians yeah, yeah, yeah. and kind of University of the Betty Carter Band. I mean, know? that's what I think of. I think yeah. of the generations of, of especially pianists, when you think about you and Benny Green and Robert Glasper. I mean, it runs the gamut of, well, I, I mean, and so many others. Yeah, Keezer. that played with her and, yeah. and were kind of trained up by her. Yeah. And it's... And then she started this program that actually I just found out is still, well, I knew it was still going on, but it just kind of came back in my consciousness at the Kennedy Center. I believe it originally started in Brooklyn at like the Brooklyn Academy of Music or something, but it's been at the Kennedy Center for quite a few years called Jazz Ahead. And that was like her brainchild. I mean, she talked about this from years ago about putting together a program, kind of a, a incubator program for young musicians and young singers. And she was always very you know, adamant, but it was not just for young singers. It was for musicians, singers, for all together. And I'm actually going to do some, some teaching and playing with that next year uh, at Kennedy Center. It's a great two-week program, Jazz Ahead. And they've even after Betty has passed, they've, they've kept it going, and it's gotten even stronger. That's super cool. Yeah. All right, so number six, we have Charles Mingus. Mm. Uh, I mean, again, a virtuoso basis, yeah. really yeah, an yeah. incredible basis. But I think uh, more importantly was his influence on jazz composition, on you know uh, the artistic uh, progression of jazz at a time where it was artistically popping, this was someone who stood out uh, for his vision on on you know making these sort of statement albums, having these these bands that that really performed you know not just head charts or whatever, but really had amazing influence on arranging and, and composition. Incredible musician. Have you read his book? The uh, I guess this is bi- biography. I'm trying to remember if it's collaborative um beneath the underdog no i never have incredible great great stories crazy stuff interesting book side note i'm gonna check it out so i think we're at number seven number seven okay so i'm gonna take i'm gonna call an audible here here we go here we go and uh, well because we have went marsalis down which i think is great but i want to add one more too so i don't know if we're going to call these both seven or seven and eight we'll call it seven and a bonus but i think that i I so first of all went marsalis i think is the most influential jazz musician of our generation by our generation i mean from the age of I don't know, 18 to 72 or something. I don't know what our generation is. But I mean, kind of now and, and when we were coming up, I think for, for me, when I was coming up, very personally influential. But I because I was around him from a young age, I saw how much he influenced a whole generation of players, you know. Yeah. Um, and then certainly, you know, can can be debated his influence on the music in terms of his vision for the music. But I would say his influence on inspiring and training up, if not indirectly, and in many cases directly, a whole bunch of great musicians, I think is, is, is not only admirable, but I don't know that it's ever been done. I mean, Art Blakey, Betty Carter, certainly from the bandstand, and went and has done that from the bandstand, but yeah. he had a vision when he was very young, like early 20s, to go and to take the time to meet young musicians, you know, be it after a gig or at a workshop, um, um, jazz musicians but also classical musicians back when he was doing a lot of that playing with symphonies and stuff but but to meet with them to inspire them to give them great information and to do it in a way that you thought it was like just for you yeah you know when i met him when i was 13 14 years old and he was like man check out Thelonious monk and i was like you know that's a cool name okay why not this guy seems cool i'll go check it out and then i fell in love with monk's music yeah maybe i would have heard about it but he was like then always giving me the right information at the right time yeah and but he was doing that for like 400, 400 kids around the world it's true. and like yeah, remembering yeah. their names and yeah, like man. man how's it 
you know, how's your mom doing? I mean, he's just an amazing person, amazing musician, well, and then, which we've covered before. And then, but, you know, with jazz at Lincoln Center, yeah. connect, the connection to Juilliard, you know, oh, yeah. and, and the, it just grows and grows and grows. Not to mention, on top of that, all, all the while being, you know, definitely the most high-profile cultural ambassador that jazz yes, has. absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and spokesperson for the music. Yeah. One of the best, you know, interviews and, you know, articulators of his vision of the music yeah. that we've ever had, if mm -hmm. not maybe the best, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, whether you agree with his vision or not, he can articulate it in a way that's amazing. And so the bonus one I wanted to put in, I hate to shove them both together, but that's cool because I know both of them and... They're only being compared to like Duke Ellington and Nina Simone, so that's okay if they can share <laughs> if they share position seven. But that's Christian McBride. Who? <laughs> Christian McBride, and I'm putting him here because like I see him in, in terms of not necessarily musically, but influential his potential for influence and already his influence as being similar to Winton. I think that truly of our generation, and, and Christian is like maybe two years younger. He's about your age. I think a couple years younger than me, but similar. Maybe no, he's between us. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right in there, but he of our generation, I think he has the potential and is already realizing it, but to have that same kind of outsized influence like Winton does in terms of being able to articulate a vision for the music, connect with people, you know, uh, go beyond just the jazz world with, with the yeah. media, like what he's done on NPR, I think <coughs> is just it's incredible. It's I think what Dee Dee Bridgewater did on NPR was, it was, it was amazing too. We should, we could have included her, Totally. but like people that go outside of just this kind of walled garden of jazz and can represent like, like, if something were to go down where they were like, you know, jazz has been accused of terrorism. We got to interview <laughs> one person to defend it. I want Christian going in for that interview. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just just the 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 jazz brain that that guy has and his yeah. ability to to talk about the music and to be an ambassador for the music. It, I agree that it's kind of similar in Winton that the the charisma yeah. and the knowledge of of music in general. Yep. You know, and where jazz stands in that is is on a, such a high level. Yeah, and I can tell everyone like he is real. Like when when you see the interview, when you hear him doing the NPR, um, you know, jazz night, when you see him performing, when you hear his music, it's all the same thing. It's all Christian, mm -hmm. and it's you know, McBride is just he's just a special person, a special talent. And um, and we are very lucky to have him as an influencer of our music. So I like this. And list the director a lot. of the Newport uh, artistic director of the Newport Jazz Festival now. Yeah, and um, member of the uh, Open Studio roster as well. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to do something here that was suggested a few weeks ago that we have. And a Philadelphia <coughs> Eagles fan. Just Sorry. Make sure to get that in there. <laughs> The biggest, the biggest ever. <laughs> no, so I'm going to do something that was suggested by a listener, Glenn, that we haven't really done. But I'm going to just uh, recap our list. Do a okay. little recap. Okay. Time for the recap. So this would be the time when you could pull over and <laughs> write down. Isn't that what someone yeah. was saying? Like, I, w I want to recap at the end. So don't write this down. Don't text and drive. Don't write this as you So drive. here are our seven favorite jazz influencers. Number one, Duke Ellington. Bam. Number two, Thelonious Monk. Bam. Number three, Art Blakey. Hello. Number four, Nina Simone. What? Number five, Betty Carter. Yep, yep. Number six, Charles Mingus. What? Number seven, Wynton Marsalis. Hello. And our bonus, Mr. Christian McBride. That's pretty good when you got Christian McBride as your bonus. That's right. That's right. Uh, so thanks for listening this week. Uh, you can always go to youllhearit.com to leave us a question, either a voicemail or a written question. We do uh, appreciate any ratings or reviews you get. You might have heard us talk about them before. I mean, if you have time. We it's, not, it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Either way. Uh, we like seven-star reviews and ratings. Minimal. Uh, and until tomorrow... Uh, oh, you, we forgot to tell you they can text us too. We've been having, we've been getting flooded with texts here. 
Well, how are they going to know? And someone might be tuning in for the first time. I know, but it, the setup was not the appropriate time to bring up the... Okay, go okay. ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Do you know the number? You don't know the number. You don't care. 44333? No, that's wrong. It's 44222. 44222. Man, you text 44333, you don't know what you're going to get back. <laughs> you're you're going to get spam. From Open Studio, you'll hear it. You will not get spam. Text, you'll hear it. Uh-huh. One word. That's Y-O-U-L-L-H-E-A-R-I-T. Small or caps or combination. That doesn't matter. Okay. 244222. And then you'll get automatically signed up to get once a week an email just saying what the topics are you can plan out your week around us you know what i'm saying you might have chill day wednesday because you like what's coming up a little service we provide <laughs> stay in the loop unsubscribe at any time <laughs> text charges may apply and as always you'll hear it